0: You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima El-Sayed, and this week's show is brought to you by Team Sheikh. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to learn from their career journeys as professionals in their fields. Tune in every week on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear the advice of these professionals. And remember, if you have any questions for our panelists, you can always leave them in the comments section. Today's guest is Tazeen Razza. Tazeen makes it her job to land you your dream job.
1: Hazeen how are you today? Good how are you? I'm doing well thank you so much thank you for being on the show.
2: Of course happy to be here.
1: Uh, We're really happy to have you you've had quite the career path (laughs) yeah a lot of ups and downs and we're gonna get into that Um, but tell us what you do right now just so everyone knows.
2: Um, I'm an HR professional, career coach, um, interview preparation, resumes, career analysis, that sort of thing.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, But you didn't start off in this path at all. So let's go back to the beginning of the story um, and go into what did you study in school?
2: So I studied international studies, uh, which has literally nothing to do with um, (laughs) the career path I ended up in. Um, I graduated, uh, you know, a while ago, 2007, and then um, moved right after I moved to New York, I got married. Um, And I always was interested in fashion. So I, my first job in New York was working for coach um, as a temp. And, you know, I worked there for a while, four years, and then moved um, after I had a kid. Um, So it was a temp position. So I really wanted to go back. But the possibility wasn't there at that time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here and there, I was, you know, looking for different jobs, different things that worked in fashion. I was in merchandising at the time. Um, I went to after that Prada, Ann Taylor, Mm -hmm. J. Crew, Eileen Fisher. um, So all different sorts of things. And then um, I interviewed for a job at Guilt Group. Um, And then last minute, they kind of changed courses and went with somebody else who was an internal candidate. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I ended up interviewing at Macy's um, for a job, which I didn't get, Uh, you know, and then there's that upset and disappointment that you Mm -hmm. feel with anything. Um, But then I was called back to HR and they asked me if I would be interested in working in HR as a temp and it had always been kind of in the back of my mind that I'm so good with people and I'm great at reading people so this would be great for me but I didn't have a background in it and you know as a lot of careers you have to have that experience a bachelor's degree in human, human resources which I didn't have either so when they called me back I was like absolutely love to do it it's a temp position but you know I, I didn't at that point I didn't care yeah because I could um, always lead somewhere Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, great. I'll love to do it. So I started out in recruiting, um, you know, different variation of positions, kind of learned the nitty gritty of what it Mm -hmm. takes to get somebody's resume through the door. Um, and then from there, um, after I'd say a month, um, they asked me if I want, would be interested in the open position that was in, um, um, the management area. Mm So HR management, um, that sort of thing nice. um and I said yeah absolutely I loved to. I was stoked because I didn't have you know the experience that, to get there but somehow I ended up there um and I said yes and you know that I worked at Macy's in HR for about five years
1: wow um backtracking to when you worked in fashion merchandising
2: mm-hmm. what
1: did you what skills did you need to get into that um field I I'm assuming that What you studied didn't uh, coincide with that, right?
2: Not at all. Um, It was, again, completely coincidence how I ended up there. I actually, when I worked at Coach, was a receptionist. From receptionist, I moved to merchandising because I was interested in that. And I would never have gotten into that area if I was an external candidate applying. Mm. So I think what helped me was that they saw my capabilities and things that I could do Uh, without even having the basic qualifications for that job
1: yeah that's cool that's really incredible because it shows that you can create your own opportunities even even if you don't have the necessary degree or necessary titles for it you can still
2: absolutely absolutely
1: experiences
2: yep yep
1: Um, okay so Going into uh, that life-changing moment when you moved from (laughs) um, where you lived, where did you live initially before you got married? California. Okay, so moving from California to New York, big change. Yeah, Um, and then working in these big, big, uh, big names, you know, uh, in these industries. What was the most uh, important thing you learned throughout that whole process?
2: I think you know, a lot of times we think about things in different ways and. I think the first thing that I learned right off the bat was the etiquette of working in a corporate office Mm -hmm. there, you know, and it was my first corporate experience. And after that, I worked in multiple, all these are corporate offices that I worked in. Um, I kind of learned very early on that there are things that are acceptable and not acceptable to do. You know, you, there are people that were, would leave at five and think that that was okay. But I think that if you show that you can work and, you know, do things that other people are like, oh, it's too late. I don't want to do it. I think that really gets you to the next level. They're like, wow, that person is such a hard worker. Let's put Mm -hmm. her forward for this. Mm -hmm. So I think that really is one of the first things that I learned right off the bat that helped me um, get to these other places. Yeah.
1: And then when you started working in the recruiting department at Macy's. That was the initial, that was your temp job, correct?
2: I started off as a temp, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you evolve so quickly and get hired there? What, what, what did you do?
2: I mean, I think the main thing that they really liked about me is that in HR, things move very quickly. You, ha- you could be doing one thing and then something else more important comes in and being able to prioritize that and being able to be like, okay, this needs to be done this way, highly organized. Um, which is always something that I have been forever. Um, And, you know, planning that I have to do this, this is due Friday, let me work on this first and get this through. And I think the fact that I was very adaptable and changeable to the very changing environment, I think that really helped me um, get hired so quickly because they saw that anything you throw at me, there's no, I'm not like frustrated or I'm not like worried about how I'm going to do this. Anything that's thrown, I'm I'm moving quickly and being able Mm to, respond to those deadlines and I think that's what they saw about me and I think that's what got me hired there.
1: And then you had your second child.
2: I had my (laughs) second child exactly uh, while I was at Macy's and then um, I was like okay I want to come back Um, and of course Macy's was one of the best places that I could say that I worked at by far the work-life balance there uh and the ease of getting back while having a newborn you know i worked part-time a couple of days i went back and you know they were very very understanding about everything um and you know it matters about the people that you're working for as well and you know all of my bosses at macy's has had been amazing very mm-hmm. supportive and very understanding whether they were mothers or not um so i mean by far, I would say it's one of the best companies, best corporate office I've ever worked for.
1: Mm-hmm. That's amazing because you need that as um, a new mother. Um,
2: yeah, you a, need a that support of two as well. <laughs> yeah, right. You need that support, and if not, you know something is going to fall through the cracks, mm-hmm. and whether that be your family or whether that be you know something at work. And you know, a lot of times people go back to work and their brains are not working the way that they used to. And I think that people at Macy's where I went back they were very understanding they didn't just throw me in the lurch and be like oh swim they kind of you know helped me get back into the groove of things before putting me into positions that I wasn't ready for
1: yeah and you started off uh, part-time after you came back yep okay um did you eventually go into full-time
2: I did I went back into full-time and then I worked there for about a year and I kind of decided that you know I really want to be home with my kids. I don't know if I'm going to have another one or not. I really want to enjoy this, this kid um, and, you know, be there for my children when who are growing up so quickly as children often do. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be able to do something from home, but still have something that I learned and use what I learned in HR and kind of be able to spread that to other people um, and share the wealth of knowledge that I had um, learned while working at Macy's. So I decided last year that I would, you know, bring this business about and share my wealth of knowledge with people who might not have the resources, um, which, you know, a lot of Shia people don't have the resources yeah. to sh- to be able to, hey, I don't know, I'm not really getting any work done with my resume. Is there anybody I can talk to? We don't have that resource. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be able to do this full time my both my kids are in school now. So I had the time to d- dedicate to it. So last year I kind of did more of a freelance and more of a um, pro bono work with a lot of clients that I had gotten through various channels. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those clients now are spreading the word and being able to tell other people that, you know, if you need somebody to help you, this is a person to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But now this year, you know, I went into a full business and full um, career counseling and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. Uh, because there are a lot of times when people don't really know what to do with their career they're like hey I like this part of it but is there something else that will fulfill me and they don't know Um, and that is kind of where I come in and say hey you know there's there are other fields that you can look into that will get you to what you want to do
1: no matter how far you are in your career
2: exactly and Mm -hmm. I've had a people people who have career changes and completely different career changes where you're like what that doesn't even go together (laughs) but um you know there and people have been able to make that transition and that those kind of things are you know success stories that I I love to share because that isn't that what it's about to be able to have that fulfillment at the end of the day yeah
1: completely Um, you help people with resumes, interview prep, and career analysis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's go into a little bit of depth into these uh, things, because I find it's very important. And sometimes we lack in knowledge in these things. So Mm -hmm. you go out blindly applying, um, you go into a job interview, and you're stumped by questions. um, And then you look at yourself, you're like, okay, why am I not getting a job?
2: Exactly. Um,
1: (laughs) So what advice do you have for people who are at the university stage or college stage um, to improve their job prospects in the future?
2: Well, I think the first thing that people don't realize is that it's easy to get and remember things that you're doing while you're doing them. So my advice is that as you're doing things, as you have those leadership positions, as you have successes doing whatever you're doing in college, don't forget that those are transferable skills that you can use in your job search. And we might be like, okay, yeah, it's something I did in college. It didn't really make sense. Yes, it didn't make sense at the time, but maybe there is something in in that depth of whatever you did that can be applied to your resume. And that's important to write those things down while they're happening because they're fresh in our mind.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're putting together your resume, what's the hardest part for people?
2: I think just putting the fact down the things that they've done, because Mm -hmm. these days resumes are not made like they were, you know, even 10 years, five years ago. Nowadays, people want different skill sets and people want to see things right off the bat. And I think these days people's resumes are so detailed it's going to three pages four pages nobody's reading all of that if i don't have all the information right up front i don't know that anybody's going to be looking at the third page to see what your education is you know
1: yeah um and some do all places ask for cover letters
2: um a lot of careers now don't really ask for cover letters. There are some careers that still do require um, government jobs, engineering, doctors, these people do want cover letters, but mostly that cover letter is going to the round file, the trash. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So don't put too much uh, thought into it.
2: I mean, there should be a level of thought, Um, kind of want to have the least amount of words on paper with the most impact. So, you know, of a small paragraph talking about you and your success of what you've done would be more than enough, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, just keep it short, concise, brief. Absolutely. And what should a person highlight on in that cover letter?
2: Um, you know, something along the lines of this has been one success, what for doctors, or this is where I graduated from, this is mm-hmm. um, something that I worked on while I'm, I, I was in, in school, and this was successful, I was successful in driving this, or, mm-hmm. you know, just one little tidbit that really gets the person's tongue wet, they're like, yes, I want to talk to this person. That's what your resume is for, then yeah. they'll dive into that. And then, you know, resume should be Get, more, get the person more excited to talk to you. And then that's when you get the, the interview, the phone interview. When you speak
1: to people, um, do you find it difficult to give them advice that maybe they don't want to hear at times?
2: You know, that's the first thing that I talk to all my clients about. I say, look, if you want somebody to be your friend, go elsewhere because I am not your friend. My goal is to get you that job by whatever means necessary. And sometimes it's very difficult to people, for people to hear this advice and they might not notice there are things that they're doing that are looked on as negative. And there might be, Mm -hmm. you know, a word that they're using or the way that they're sitting. It doesn't, it could be something very small that they don't really notice. So my job is to kind of tell them like, Hey, that is what you're doing. Are you noticing that? And sometimes people, you know, don't really notice the things that they, they're like, Oh my God, I I didn't even realize. And that's, you know, the, the point of doing it is to be able to quickly say, Hey, you know, no, you can't, you can't say that. So being able to reword, rephrase and use different impactful words to explain what you do.
1: When someone goes in for a job interview, what techniques um, or things do you recommend that they keep in mind?
2: well the first thing that we do i I always prep everybody in advance and i ask the questions kind of in a kind of aggressive manner (laughs) because you don't i want to be able to have them the most prepared as possible so you know you don't know how the person will be that's interviewing you so i want to give them the the best advice that they they can so Mm -hmm. somebody who's a little bit more difficult and if they can get through that then they can get through an easy interview so I'll usually prep them in in that kind of aggressive way and be like not so nice about it Mm -hmm. and I think that really helps them to kind of see that this is what how it's going to be okay great they got over that and then the person ends up being nice great
1: yeah and they get over that like fear or that it's a second stone to getting mm -hmm.
2: yep and sometimes people, I mean, everybody is nervous. It's natural. It's a natural feeling um, when they're get- being interviewed. Um, and the person who's interviewing them does know that. So generally when people are interviewing are nice, um, but there are people who use different tactics to interview people to be able to get that fear in them, mm-hmm. to see how they react under pressure. And that is an interview tactic that people have used.
1: During job interviews, they will give you some, really crazy bizarre questions sometimes (laughs) how do how does someone approach these types of questions or how do you approach questions about your weaknesses or things that um, they really make you think like they stump you
2: Yeah. I mean, that question specifically is meant to stump you. I don't think that the fact is what is your weakness. It's about, yes, I've I've acknowledged that this is my weakness and this is what I did with it, and this is what my plan is for the future. So they kind of want to see where you are. You've recognized it. You know you know how you're gonna combat the the problem that you have and what are your results for the future. So I think it's important they want to see that process and see that you've thought about it. So whenever people go for a job interview that is definitely one of the questions that I prep them with and being able to quickly off the bat think about this is my weakness if you're thinking about it for a minute or longer too long
1: mm-hmm. you have to give them a qu- the answer right away so that they right away able. exactly
2: mm-hmm. exactly it so you know I always tell them okay prep two things that you think are your weakness and how you combat them so we usually talk about that and be able to have that answer down Mm packed, and maybe even an example about how this was your weakness and this is how you worked with it and this is how you are and this is where you are now with it
1: yeah um what's the most important uh or of so for example having a linkedin account or versus applying on online job boards what's the most effective way that someone can uh get a job or be more open towards uh, different job prospects?
2: Well, these days, I mean, nobody is using those search engines like they did 10 years ago, even five years ago, Monster, who even uses those things anymore? <laughs> these days, LinkedIn is the, is like 90% of where people are finding people to fill out their roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think being able to have a great LinkedIn can really open up some doors for you. They can, you know, people will, the recruiters will contact you directly and be like, hey, I found this position. What do you think, are you interested in this? And a lot of it is about keywords. So it goes through a digital process where the keywords that are in your resume are picked up by a computer and then sent to a recruiter. So it's not really physically a person sitting there and reading everything. That's maybe the second step. But the first step is to have those keywords there that will get you to have be looked over by a recruiter.
1: How do you figure out which keywords to use?
2: Um, it depends on the position. So you know I, I often tell people to send me the job description of what they're looking for. In their next role and then we take it from there and have the key words like for example Mm -hmm. if somebody wants to be in an engineering job you need to have an engineering degree so you know that would be right off the bat the first thing um and sometimes you know there are things that are nice to have that would put them at the next level like not everybody in this role will have this but if you have it great that puts you up above a bunch of people
1: Mm -hmm. um and then uh, I was gonna ask about temp positions. So in terms of temporary positions, should someone go for that right away or or, um, look for the more permanent jobs?
2: I mean, everybody wants that satisfaction of having a permanent job. Obviously you have benefits and things like that that are needed. Um, But temporary positions really shouldn't be discounted the way that they have been in the past. Everybody wants a try before you buy. So mm-hmm. but what that by that I mean they want to try out this person and if th- there's an open role absolutely they're going to put that person who's already been tried and they know what capabilities they have they like you they're going to put you forward for that position versus somebody else who's ex- applying externally who they have no idea about. They don't know their personality, they don't know what they're good at. Um, It really opens up a lot of doors and I think people often discount it because they want those benefits and they want those other things. That's great, but you know, sometimes you need to step sideways to step forward.
1: Yeah, and that's very, very descriptive. (laughs) (laughs) Step sideways before you step forward. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, exactly. so getting back into you and your uh, road to get here, um, what, thing, what do you think was the most influential thing that you have to go through in order to get to where you are right now?
2: I mean, this is why I kind of think that things happen for a reason. You know, this is something that in Islam we believe in, that if there's something that's meant to be for you, nothing can stop it. And I think I had to have all of these failures to have this success and be able to get to where I am if I didn't not get that job at Guild Group if I didn't get that job if I got that job at Macy's I I wouldn't have been where I am now I would have been maybe still working in merchandising who knows yeah. I would have you know I wouldn't have had that HR experience which I had to have these failures I had to not get these jobs to get hired for that HR job in Macy's
1: Uh, So what advice do you give those people who have applied to so many different jobs and are still not getting any offers, they're getting callbacks, they're getting this slowly, it's progressing, but Mm -hmm. they haven't gotten that offer that they're looking for.
2: I think that sometimes we forget about the the small successes that we have, you Mm -hmm. know, we get disappointed because it's not turning out the way that we want it to be right away. And we need to be able to celebrate those small successes. Great. Last week, I didn't even get any interviews. Today, I have an interview. Amazing. Celebrate that small success. Be able to say, okay, Last week, I was somewhere else. I wasn't there yet, but now I have this. Maybe next week, I'll have an in-person interview. So being able to kind of step back and look at the small successes and being able to celebrate those really gives your mind at ease that, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Eventually, you will get there. Maybe at this point, it's just not meant to be. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. We, every experience, we learn from it. You had an interview, you had an in person interview. Now you know how to interview, you know what the questions will be asked. The more interviews you get, think of it as an experience, a learning experience that you're learning every time you have an interview. You learn that, okay, this didn't work this time. Maybe I answer the question a different way next time. Mm
1: -hmm. And this says a lot about um, you as a person as well, Um, you know, internalizing everything that you went through and learning from it. And then sort of now just creating your own career on the side, um, through everything that you've learned. Um, Exactly. And it's something that people should not rule out.
2: Yep. Um, I I think that sometimes, you know, there's the saying that when you get a lot of lemons, you make lemonade. So, you know, I, I'm here, I'm here to help people. And, you know, my main focus is being able to help people and to, um, being able to do what I love and being able to um, share the knowledge with people, so you know I'm kind of I'm very lucky that I was able to do that um, eventually, even through all the failures. And you know it's been ten years since I've been working in fashion, um, and now after ten years, I'm like, okay, I'm finally at a place where I feel great about it. Um, but sometimes it doesn't it doesn't work out just the way that we want it to and that is okay it is okay to step back and say hey I had this failure what did I learn from that and I think that a lot of people often forget that every experience you you don't leave with nothing every experience you learn something from that and I think that when you you know get let go from a job I think it's important to step back and say "I, I I got let go that's you know, there's nothing I could have done about it. I want to be able to remember what was a great thing that I learned from here. And Mm -hmm. while it's fresh in your mind, write those things down, make your resume while you're at your current job. That's better to do that because you're currently doing it. What better time than to, while you're working on something to write it down. Mm -hmm.
1: It's the freshest in your mind.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, What advice would you give to inspire the next generation?
2: I would say, you know, sometimes we don't really get the traction and the the way that we want our right our life to go. We don't really it doesn't really happen that way that we imagine it, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Step back, reevaluate. Careers are not not always an upward trajectory. Sometimes we need to take a side step to move forward, and it's it's okay that you have to do that. Don't think of it as you know I was unsuccessful or this is a failure take that failure and change it into something else positive.
1: Mm-hmm. What was the most difficult um, time in your earth, the biggest uh, speed bump you had in your career um, and how did you overcome it?
2: I think this, the time when I was trying to go back to work after I had my first daughter, Mm-hmm. Um, was a really, really difficult time for me. And I think, you know, my parents could definitely stay, say that, you know, there were times when I wanted to give up. I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. I've interviewed a million places and there's nowhere that they, you know, want the skill set that I have. Mm-hmm. And it was really difficult for me to kind of step back and, and look at the, the failures and see it for what, now, of course, I can see that. But I think losing hope was the the worst thing that i could have done at that point and i was very close to it i'm not you know gonna lie about that Mm -hmm. but i think what kept me going is the fact that my parents are like don't worry believe that there's something at the end for you that is better yeah and i don't think um without that i would be able to say so i mean i i think Being able to step back now and see that it's very—it's a positive and enlightening experience that I like. I want to share. Yeah, I want to share that with everybody because there Mm -hmm. there are times where people want to give up, and there are times when they're like, "I don't know that this is working." But I think the fact that you can say that things are meant to be the way they're meant to be, Mm -hmm. um, really kind of helps motivate and kind of helps people understand that hey you know it's not working out it's okay to have faith that something will work out in the end for you
1: and on that note um we've come close to the end of our show um unfortunately but (laughs) what is your final piece of advice
2: um I would say to you know anybody who's listening that um don't don't think of anything as hey, this is a failure. This is something that didn't work out for me. Just use that failure and change it into something positive. There's always something you can get out of it. And I think it's important to just get that piece out of, you know, even something small, like I worked in this, you know, restaurant or whatever. Mm -hmm. What what did you learn? You learned there was a difficult person that you had to work with. And how did you get around working with that person? I think that's something small you anything. Yeah. So I think that's important to just take the small successes and run with it while you have those fresh in your mind.
1: Never give up hope.
2: <laughs> Never give up hope. Exactly.
1: Thank you so much, Dizine.
2: You're welcome. You were just
0: listening to the UMender Talk Show. If you miss this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the Umender website under prior talk shows. And while you're there why not subscribe to our iTunes podcast so you never miss another show. If you want to reach out to today's speaker or speakers from any of our previous shows to ask these professionals any questions you may have, just visit our online platform at umojooutreach.org unleash the future groups or visit the Umentor website and hit the link for online platform. Thank you for listening to our speaker today on Facebook Live. Be sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. to hear more stories from our next guests.